All right, everybody, welcome back in. It is the College Football Pick'em Show Conference Championship Edition. We got a loaded show for you coming up. Uh, the brawl to end them all. The steel cage match of the century. J.C. Sheldon taking on the Bobcat. Who wins? Nobody knows. Uh, probably it'll be the Georgia fan. Uh, coming up after that, best bets. All, we're getting close here to the end of the line. And uh, some of us got to make some moves to catch some other folks. Uh, and one person's completely out of it. I think you know who. Uh, but that's later in the show. Before we get started, though, uh shout out odds honest truth check it out chalkboard join the uh join the chalkboard chat a lot of good stuff going on chris i think i got to get you on chalkboard and check it out there's some uh interesting plays people playing everything and they got they got reasoning they you know and it's fun it's a it's a good uh it's a good healthy community of uh handicappers and gamblers coming together check it out odds honest truth chalkboard Coming up later this week, Eric Haslam from Haslam Metrics. We're going to be going over the college basketball show with him and our good friend Spencer Luganbill. That's all coming up. That's all down the road. We start, it's, it's sadly, we're at the end of the road for college football season. We're joined to start off by, I mean, he's the guru of go. I mean, there's a 30 for 30 being worked on him right now. From NC Sports, the whole fucking show, Mr. Wednesday Night, CVD, Chris Van Dyne. Hey, Stu, there will never be a 30 for 30 on me. I would never allow that because I would get ruined. It would be the end of my life. So what if I told I, you? I've got too many ghosts in my past, man. <laughs> got too many ghosts. What if I told you? Uh... <laughs> What if I told you two people on this show that Western Kentucky in the Conference USA Championship? What if I told you? Uh, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, oh, real quick, before we even get into this game, a game that me and you are very passionate about that kicks off Conference Championship game uh, week, you got J.C. Shelton, our very own J.C. Shelton on the Power Sweep podcast. Where can people get that? And also... I read Power Sweep today. I am uh, I'm I'm feeling jazzed up. I feel like uh, I got some plays that I'm going to hit with. Where can people get that? Hey, check out the Power Sweep podcast. You can get it on ncsports.com. Uh, anywhere you you find your podcast, for the most part. Uh, really excited to have JC on there this week. I I, I stole him for the week uh, talked to him about a couple games naturally talked from Georgia Alabama I'm sure he's gonna uh, give some some more information uh, about that game on here and it's gonna be it, it is gonna be quite a showdown with him and Bobcat going at it but uh, we were really, really excited to get JC on there this week and uh, very gracious that he was able to join us I, I told him I said uh, just remember, the little guys when you end up on ESPN or something. Or, I know it, man. He's going to blow up. Yeah, he is. He is. And, uh, you know, it's cool that he was on the Stucast and the Power Sweep podcast before he ended up blowing up. Hey, we got his number. He's going to do big things. That'll be good. And and we, we'll say we, we got a friend down south nationally, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, check that out. I'm I'm saving it. Uh, that'll be my workout music tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Look, me and you, if you, I, I made the comment to uh, one of our uh, listeners, one of our friends of the show, Rob, if you go back in time and you listen to your and mine uh, preview of the non-Power 5 conferences, we, I, I gave out Kent State. I said I like Kent State. They're, they're in the uh, MAC championship. We both settled on App State as the play in the fun belt, plus 400. They're there, favored. But we really loved and talked forever about our first team, the Hilltoppers, Western Kentucky, Bailey Zappi, stand the fuck up, favored. Given three against uh, the Looney Tune, UTSA Roadrunners, 
Uh, over under 72 and a half, although does that really even matter? Uh, Chris, where are you going here? I'll tell you what, I can go two different ways. Now, I, I, I gave out one way on the uh, – I gave out my pick on the total on the Power Sweep podcast, so listen for that. For your show, Stu, I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers. I've been riding them all year. I'd be stupid not to. They're red hot. Uh, you know, they started one and four. And I'll be honest, too, I, I didn't panic when they were one and four. I didn't panic about my win total bet. My, I didn't my... either. If you watch if you watch the Indiana game, you watch the Michigan yeah. State game, they fought and eventually, and what played itself out, I think we talked about it. They started playing really bad teams. When you start playing old Dominions and you start playing um oh, oh. Tennessee FIU is terrible. Oh God. Oh my God, that's a dumpster fire. They, they, you start playing the drags of that division. You get a little lucky. Grant Wells goes out. Boom, you're right there. Uh, I mean, I don't know that the defense has played better. I think they've just played worse teams. Uh, UTSA, I think I think we're going to see a rewind. But really hard to beat a team twice. Really hard, especially a game that you only won by six. I agree. I agree. And you gave up 670 yards. Bailey Zappi actually threw for his season high against UTSA. He had 570 passing yards that day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers here. I, I think I'm going to add the Hilltoppers to my card as best bets. Um, that's Friday night at 7. We got a lot of money in some uh, futures wagers. So, I know me and Chris, I know exactly what we'll be doing at 7 p.m. on Friday night. Well, I know what he'll be doing. He'll, he'll be uh, – writing the the write-up for rice or something um <laughs> uh, hopefully more than that night <laughs> yeah it might be too early to make fun of your ptsd uh oregon utah pac 12 championship utah another three-point line here utah given three oregon um uh, with the total of 58 over under you know chris utah just whipped the shit out of them i i mean Oregon's such a Jekyll and Hyde team. You, you think Utah just does it again? I, I think they win this game. I don't think it's going to be as dominant as last time. Um, our power sleep lean was five. We do like the un, the I'm sorry the over the over in this game. You know Utah put up 38 points in this game the first time around. Oregon was held to seven. I don't see Oregon getting held to seven points again. I think the offense will move a little better. Um, I, I think that Oregon was just in a, a bad position in that game, considering they had all that pressure from being ranked in the top four in the playoff and they were fighting to hold that spot. And that pressure can get to some teams, especially if you don't have uh, the, uh, the track record of being in that position. They're not in that top four every year, like in Alabama or in Ohio State. Um, so I think that pressure got to them and they, they succumb to it. And I think they'll bounce back this week. They'll make it a closer game. I still like Utah to win this game by a little more than a field goal. So if I had gun to my head, if I had to play the side, I'd take Utah, but I do like the total, uh, over, I believe it's like 59 and a half. Yeah, it could be. I, I think books are, it's between 58 and 59 and a half. I think that you can get it across the board still. Yeah, I think it'll go over, though. Before I get to the big game on Saturday, uh, I just want to ask, did Jim cover the MAC championship in depth on the power sweep this week? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. Then I am going to ask that you all listen to the power sweep for the MAC championship game analysis. I know I will. Jim has been red hot when it comes to the MAC. He knows this. Um I'm really actually excited. I will be watching the MAC championship probably more than the Big 12 championship because I really – I need to seek treatment. And by the way, also, Jim gives some FCS analysis. Oh. We did give out a three-star last week on Southeastern Louisiana, uh, and they covered. And Jim has been analyzing the FCS playoffs all week. So he does have a game that he likes 
And I'll even throw out another one uh, that I'm looking at. I like the under in the Kennesaw East Tennessee State game. East Tennessee State's already seen the option twice this year. Kennesaw is an option team. Uh, both teams have pretty good defenses, so I think that game oh, totals at 48, right, 49 right now. I think it will go under. Uh, uh, but uh, Jim also has some, SC, has some SCS analysis and a play he likes this weekend. Oh, I like that. But listen to Jim. I'm excited for the MAC championship. I look. I, it just real quick before we move on. Kent State and Northern Illinois, they're like, I feel like it's the Spider-Man meme. They're pointing at each other. Um, you know, it's going to be electric. It's going to be a lot of a lot of passing. Uh, I mean, if you want to see the quarterback competition, like a seven-on-seven seven drill back and forth, this is going to be it. Uh, take the over. Baylor, Oklahoma State. Uh, the Okies, Okies given five and a half over under is dropping a little bit. I see it at 46 and a half. Um, Oklahoma State's defense is legit. I, I think you can say the same about Baylor's as well. These two teams seem to match up really well. Your thoughts? Uh, it was low scoring last time, 24-14. Gary Bohannon's banged up. He's got a hamstring deal that he uh, – hamstring issue he's dealing with. He is the drizzling shits throwing the ball, though. Yeah, but my concern with him is if he can't run as much or they're conservative with him running the ball, then, you know, that takes away from his game. You know, he, he's really good at avoiding the rush, and if you take that away from him, I don't know how effective their offense is going to be. I do like Baylor's defense. I like the under in this game. That that's probably the the way I'd lean towards. Uh, although I I know my good friend Robbie DePola on the Power Sweep podcast, he's been riding Oklahoma State all year long, and he's got an opinion on this game uh, as well. But you can check that out. Yes, Power Sweep podcast, folks. I keep bringing it up because it is a really goddamn good podcast, and you're gonna want to have it ready for bowl season. Um, because that, that show is always uh, – it's big, it's girthy, and it's uh, it's got a lot of winners in it. Uh, Utah State. Yeah, well, I mean, not from you or Robbie, mainly from Jim. But uh, <laughs> Mount West Championship, 3 p.m. on the East Coast, Utah State. The not Mormons playing the Aztecs from San Diego State, minus six. Brady Hoke, fat Brady Hoke coaching this game. I, I, I mean, the Mountain West was such a, I mean, it was such a cluster this year. Nobody would have picked Utah State. I mean, if you had them, it was plus a billion for them to be in this position. But, I mean, really, th this passing offense came out of nowhere. Tompkins is what? Blitnikoff winner? I mean, you have to think he's right there to win it. He's he's up there. I don't know about winning it just because of the strength of schedule. That's but true. He, he's up there. Um, they've been impressive. I'll tell you what, as an underdog, getting points like that, I, I, I have to lean with Utah State here. I thought that the game two weeks ago against Wyoming was just they played a really bad game. And uh, you know, that they, they might have counted their eggs before they hatched and thought uh, Wyoming could just lay down, and they didn't. But it came back last week and did what they were supposed to do against New Mexico. Uh, I, I don't love San Diego State's offense. I was shocked to see the way they were able to throw the ball against Boise State. It made no sense to me. But I don't see them that kind of repeat performance. I think they can score enough on San Diego State to keep this close. I would take the points here. All righty. Uh, let's go to the Sun Belt Championship. I have a huge vested interest if Western Kentucky wins in this game. Uh, about a grand riding on that um, if Western Kentucky wins. App State, given three to Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, losing uh, Billy Napier, but playing this game at home. App State opened as a dog, now out to minus three as a favorite, so we crossed the bridge. ULL won this game by 30 
last time they played earlier this season. Uh, what's changed? Uh, you know what? I, I just think, like you said, it's hard to beat a team twice. And I think that App State just played a really bad game that day. That they they got they got their D game in, and Louisiana had their A game for whatever reason. Um, I don't think that happens again. I think the Louisiana the App State turns it around. They've been playing really well lately. Uh, I, I know that's a big score, the big margin of victory to turn around. But let's be real, you Louisiana has not looked good lately. That five point win against ULM last week, they they have a lot of games where they played bad teams close, and I just think that App State's going to turn it on this week, and they've got to be hungry for revenge. They got embarrassed. Hungry draw, hungry dogs run faster, Chris. That's what Dave Portnoy says. Uh, the Cougs. Heading up to Cincy to play the Bearcats over under 53. Cincy laying 10 and a half. Some places it's 11. Some places it's 10. Um, Bearcats at home are just a different beast. I, I mean, they've pretty much destroyed these good offenses. Uh, are, are you buying Houston even having a shot to cover? Uh, okay, so early in the week, you know, I was on Houston. Um, we originally had Arlene and Power Sweep at seven. By Sunday, we decided to bump it to 10. And we didn't move it before Power Sweep came out. But, you know, as, as I look at this game, I'm with you. Cincinnati is on a different level right now. I think they're playing pissed off. I think they're playing uh, to, to make the playoffs. And while they're not playing for the style points that we thought they were going to play for early earlier when they had games, you know, like against Tulane where we thought they would blow them out and cover and they didn't against Navy. We thought they'd blow them out and cover and they didn't. And that was disappointing, but you know, they played a lot of bad teams in a row. Then they played SMU and a lot of people were hyping SMU up to beat them. And it woke up a sleeping giant. And then last week they, you know, East Carolina had some chances in that game, but they took care of business and beat an East Carolina team that's playing really well and beat them handily. So I I don't see them having a problem with Houston. As a matter of fact, East Carolina should have beat Houston. They had them on the, uh, on the wire. Uh, I believe they were winning that game in the fourth quarter and gave it up late. So uh, in Houston earlier this year, they, they were losing to Tulane late third quarter, early fourth quarter. So not the same uh, Houston team that when you look at that record, the, the ten, uh, 11-1 record, they're not as good as that record. Cincinnati is a legit 12-0 team. They beat Notre Dame this year. This is the game they need to lock up that spot in the playoff, hopefully. So I'm going to go Cincinnati. I know it's uh, not agreeing with our power sweep lean, but I got the Bearcats by two touchdowns at least. All right. Uh, let's go to the ACC championship game. Wake Forest, go Deeks, taking on uh, the Panthers of Pitt, over under 71 and a half. Pitt lane three. Uh, it, look, I love my Deacons. Uh, they, they royally fucked me last week. And that wasn't their fault. It was Boston College's fault. Phil Yurkovic's getting a very nasty email. But, you know, I, I still think this defense is pretty weak. You know, I, I I think this is a pretty fair line at three because I think this could really be like a, like that NC State game that played out a few weeks back. Uh, NC State, in my mind, is like equivalent to where Pittsburgh is, although Pittsburgh's a little bit more consistent to me, I feel, over the season. Chris, is the play here the total? Uh, it is, but I really like the side, too. And I'll tell you what, I at the beginning of the week, I was on it, and I, it is our top powers we play. I like Pitt here. Um, I, I look at two things. that Wake Forest has two losses. 
to Clemson and North Carolina. Pitt handled Clemson pretty convincingly. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't a blowout, but they won that game, what, 27-17, I believe. And Wake Forest lost to Clemson by 21, and they were, you know, not really in that game in the second half. Uh, Clemson really pulled away. I I think it's – I think it has to do with the mesh. And and when you watch that game, when you face a dominant defensive front um, the way Clemson has – you know, it, it that it, it can blow up the mesh very quickly, right? You have to you have to create that that wall for about two seconds, right? And that's a lot easier to do against a depleted NC State team or what have you. But uh, you know, some dogs out there uh, playing for the Tigers, that that's going to be a little bit tougher. And and if you watch that game, Sam Hartman still was able to to score and and get some yeah. points up on the board. But a lot of those drives died out because he was taking sacks. I mean, he must have got sacked at least seven or eight times. My concern is, though, they couldn't stop Clemson. Clemson moved the ball in really well, and we saw that Clemson didn't really move the ball on anybody this year. Well, um, yeah, I think they've been moving the ball really well lately, but that's because they've gone back to the running game. They found the yeah. running game between Pace and Shipley. Yeah. Wow. But I, I – I do like Pitt here. I, I do think they have the better defense. Uh, I, I think they're more explosive than NC State on offense because I'll take Addison over uh, Emeka Amizi. Give me a Bonaconda for 400. Yeah, we need, need a Bonaconda to play this game. I will say that. He needs to play because they really – Is Von lack... Davis the, the starting running back if a Bonaconda can't go? Vincent Davis. Uh, or Vincent Davis, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he will be. And I don't love that. Bad. No, he's not bad, but he's lightning ass. Yeah. He, he He's a smaller dude. And I want a Bonaconda because he, he'll run through tackles. A Bonaconda is so, a monster, man. Uh, but I do think this will be high scoring. I, I, I'll i probably play the side in a total. I, I like Pitt and I like the over. There you go, folks. A little four-star for you for listening. But there's more. There's more to be had. That's not just it. NC Sports, get that power sweep. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, terrorists uh, are favored against uh, good people of the corn. Um, this game <laughs> makes me want to throw up. Uh, I just I just hope this can – can they both lose? Can they both lose? Is, I just – whatever. Michigan probably wins, but I, I wouldn't bet it. Go. CVD, I'll let you wrap it up with uh, your thoughts on the Toilet Bowl 2021. You know, me and JC talked about this game on the Power Sweep podcast, and, you know, the one thing we agreed with was Michigan stops the run. Iowa stops the run. Both of these teams are going to play smash mouth, eat clock, and it should be a low-scoring game. I like the under here. Uh, I – our power sweep lean is Michigan by 17, but I'll be honest, I'm not exactly comfortable with that. And I don't think that's going to be a play for us at the end of the week because I just, I, I don't, off that big win, emotional win over Ohio State, I don't trust them. I was a team that's sneaky and stays in games. Well, there you have it. Uh, I think Chris and me both are hoping for a Hawkeye victory because that would just be so juicy. But uh, we'll see what happens. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get the steel cage built up, thumbtacks thrown in the ring. JC and Bobcat are joining us to talk the SEC championship. Going to be a lot of Southern draws. Um, I don't know. What, what do they do down there? Like uh, eat, eat, uh, a fight over fried chicken. Um, I don't know. They're, they're a bunch of hillbillies, really. And that's the fun part of it watching two hillbillies fight. So we're going to get to that and best bets all to come right after these words. If you like the Stewcast, you might want to check out what's going on over at inthemoneypodcast.com and on the In The Money Media Network. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts devoted to horse racing from the player development side to the week in, week out gambling side to the horseman side there's going to be a show for you come check us out 
inthemoneypodcast.com, and we look forward to seeing you there. All right, championship match here. Uh, the big game, the game everybody really actually cares about. Saturday, it is the SEC championship game. And uh, nobody else better to talk about it. I'm going to shut my big fat mouth. Uh, Chris Van Dyne went to go drink a Zima or whatever he drinks. Uh, so we got the two experts on the line. First off, I give you returning to the program. He is a world-renowned person at this point. He's probably going to be in your local newspaper. He is a future state senator. He is pretty much a goddamn American patriot. He's got full eyes. He's got a clear heart or whatever they say. The Bobcat, John Castorani. Bobcat, how are you? I'm doing all right, Stu. Uh, Was that a good intro? Yeah. He's a little pissy. Uh, I will I will never ever be a state senator. Uh might end up in your local newspaper for something I probably shouldn't be. Uh but no, I think it was a great interest. Is that now not how they're referred? Anyway, well, you're gonna be running the con- country and and we're excited for that. Well, uh, yeah, I'm excited to to be your, you know, the the monarch. <laughs> we we accept your dictatorship with open arms uh yeah king of africa <laughs> just like uh khalifa haftar okay shout out khalifa uh much like with khalifa over here we've got from uga wire he's got a brand new show out with arthur lynch going over this same very thing uga football live with jc shelton he is well jc shelton shit man you're everywhere this week i, I can't keep up with you, you got like we said, ESPN. Uh, he was he, on ESPN. I was. I was. You were. I, I didn't even it. hear that. That's excellent. I feel like did that was this morning, but it feels like yesterday. Yeah. Did you Did you listen to a Bobcat? Yeah. Was it this morning? Cool. No. No. It was like what six fifteen. It was live. Yeah. Yeah. I. You I, were on I ESPN, the, like the main Twitter. ESPN, or no? It was. Leader. It's ESPN in Panama. It's one hundred four point three. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they just listen online. Ball segment, you know, big Georgia following down there. So they've been having me on since Clemson, actually, the game, first game. Oh, that's legit, man. It's fun. I enjoy it. I'm getting better at it, too. I don't sound like a complete idiot now. Wow. That's what a lot of people have said about you over the course of this season. Hey, um, well, you know, I'm winning this bit, so it's all good. But I will say thank you so much, Stu, for your kind introduction. Um, and Bobcat for listening in with the ESPN gig. Um, Supportive. Yeah, clients that you keep football live. J.C. Shelton, like Stu said, I got Arthur Lynch on. We talk a lot about, you know, kind of the ins and outs of the SEC championship. He was in two. Um, I know it was a different time, but we did talk about that. And we talked about this game and then what his thoughts on, like, because he played in the NFL as well. Um, so we got his got his thoughts on Alabama's offensive line, as also Georgia's tight end room. You know, that's really good. So we talked about that. Find us at UGAWire.com and then UGA Football Live on Twitter as well. Beautiful stuff. Check him out before he blows up and turns into uh, Hollywood. Too big for us. Uh, J.C. Shelton. I'm going to actually, since you are the favorite this week, um, I'm not going to yield the floor to you. I am going to give it to the underdog. uh, A guy who's had breakfast with Nick Saban numerous times. um, Who's taller than Kyler Murray. Oh, do we have Nick Saban coming on? I'm sorry, Stu, but don't we have Nick Saban coming on, by the way? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he is the Bobcat, Alabama expert. Um, Bobcat, where are you at with this game, and what are your thoughts? I just got to correct you. I only had breakfast with Saban twice. Uh, not multiple times, just a couple times. A couple uh, times. What did you say to him? <sighs> Ah, uh, so the first time we talked about family and uh, funny story, um, he basically instructed me that if I were to ever get uh, remarried, uh, that uh, you just get accustomed to saying, I'm sorry. Wake up every morning. I, and you, that's all you, you got to say. Because when the line blows up, you, all, you, you turn around and you tell your quarterback, I'm sorry. That's what we yeah. do. Yeah, Coach Saban, why did you give up seven sacks, Coach Saban? 
Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> but we didn't we didn't talk about that. It was not this year, unfortunately. Uh, this was several years ago. Um, no, and Stu, I hate that you. Uh, yeah, I feel like you set me up here because I told you. That I absolutely did. I you did not want to talk about this game, but yet here we are. <laughs> all right, so we've been hearing all week, and I quite frankly, I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to to Alabama and, and Coach Saban. They're finally getting the rat poison. I think this is the true, the truest form of rat poison that they're getting. You know, look, that's all we're hearing from media and fans and alike that uh, when Alabama lines up against Georgia. Alabama's going to know that Georgia's the better team. You know, this time Kirby has the psychological advantage. Everybody on the other sideline, the Alabama sideline being that one, uh, knows it. Uh, Alabama's just barely getting it done. You know, seven points at home against eight and four Arkansas, and then at home against six and five Auburn, uh, which I've, I've read that a lot, and people get that confused. It was on the road at Auburn. I don't know why people keep saying that it was a home game for Alabama. I've heard that three times now this past week. And meanwhile, Georgia's dominating every single opponent. And these Alabama's players know it, and they know what a number one team looks like. And then look, my thing is the players aren't looking at the margin of victory and saying, hmm, you know, we must not be as good as UGA. That's for the fans and the media. These players all signed up to play for the GOAT. That is Nick Saban. They're playing at the best program in college football, bar none. UGA's had one good year this year. Congratulations, but don't forget who the GOAT is. They think and know they are the best every time they step on the freaking field. Uh, and playing Georgia this weekend is not going to change that. Look, Nick Saban's 4-0 on the four games that he's been an underdog since his tenure started in 2007. He beat Urban Meyer's Florida Gators in 2008, uh, then went on to win the national championship thereafter. The last time he was an underdog was in 2015 against Georgia. They won 33 to three. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Don't count out Nick Saban. And I think that, you know, it may sound odd to think that Bama can exploit Bennett considering that he's the highest rated passer in the SEC. However, Bennett doesn't have the elite arm talent that would intimidate most defenses. And Nick Saban knows that. The, the, the Alabama secondary knows that Bennett doesn't have the arm. We just looked last year at what Stetson Bennett, the fourth, the DUI attorney did against Alabama last year. Couldn't even see over the offensive line. Will Anderson was a freshman. He had like 13 quarterback hurries. He had like four sacks. I mean, it was insane. Will Anderson's a monster this year. I look, Saban's going to put Stetson in a position to throw, to make throws that he's not 100% comfortable with. And I, as good as Stetson has been this season, He's facing a, the toughest challenge that I think he's going to face all season. The Alabama defensive unit is, is very much exploitable if you have the mobility. And, yes, I read the UGA Wire article that JC wrote, six point whatever yards per carry, whatever it was. Correct me, JC. I'm sure you will. Uh, but I don't, I don't see him doing that much on Alabama. Alabama is one of the best defenses against the run this year. Even, even close to Georgia's standard. Uh, and look, I think that Stetson's going to be under duress throughout the, throughout the game. And I think that, you know, we watch to see what mistakes he's going to make in the secondary. I think with Malachi Moore, with Josh Joe, what we saw last week uh, in Auburn, I think a lot of people are confused that Auburn's always going to play up to Alabama, no matter if they're 0 and 11 or if they're 11 and 0. Uh, that's just. The miracle at Jordan-Hare, that's what happens. It's a prayer. It's, it's Auburn Jesus. Uh, and Georgia fans remember when the ball bounced off of a helmet. And uh, who is it? Ricardo Lewis caught the ball and scored a touchdown on a Hail Mary. Uh, that's Auburn. I look at Stetson Bennett. I think Stetson Bennett is the weak point. Uh, and, and don't forget, Bryce Young is the best quarterback that Georgia's going to face all year, even if they continue on to, into the playoff. If they beat Alabama, it's the best quarterback they're going to play all year. So I think this is the national championship game for Georgia. Uh, I don't like this line at all. I think Georgia is probably going to win the football game. Is it going to be about seven points? I don't really think so. I think that line's too big. And the total of being at 49 and a half, 50 points, I think that total's too low. I would play the over. Uh, but again, Stu, fuck you for putting me in a position to talk about this game. Uh, I, I like Georgia here, but I'm not going to play it. 
uh, just because Nick Saban, period. It's just because of Nick Saban. I'm not playing this game. All right, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. A uh, lot of stern words, JC. Um, basically, Bobcat calling you and your Georgia brethren uh, hillbillies. Your response. <laughs> I don't see it that way, Stu. I really don't. I, I heard him say you guys are white trash. Your thoughts? <laughs> Listen, I I just know a few things about this game, I think. And I know Bobcat said he read my article, so he probably knows what I'm going to say, a good part of it. But Give me the five points. Give well. me the five reasons. I will. I mean, I'm not going to hit all the five reasons. I mean, that might take a little time, more time than we're, we're thinking about here. Um, but really, the, you know, the offensive front for Alabama, we haven't seen them play at this level, I don't think, in a while. Um, and we know they're talented, um, and we know they have good coaching. I, I don't know what exa- it is exactly that they're, they're allowing so many sacks. Um, and they allowed seven to Auburn last week. I know Auburn has a good front seven. Um, got to see them versus Georgia, and I think they played well. I think uh, McCreary on the outside is one of the best corners in the country. Um, so that Auburn defense is good, and they're well coached by Derek Mason. Um, so I, I know they, I know they had seven, and it just stood out to me. I was like, "Well, Georgia's front we know is the best in the country. Um, I know they're back in most of the, the number one ranks in the NCAA in total defense. I know that Wisconsin kind of jumped ahead there, and we got into it over that, but that was that was pretty funny. But anyway, so we know that they got back in the first and most you know, categories. And I think uh, the Georgia defense is really going to be able to, you know, either rush three or four um, and do that and maybe drop another guy in coverage just because I, I think, I think Bryce Young's the Heisman. I really do. Um, I think it's a quarterback award. And I think he's been the most you know dominant quarterback in the country. I think just the way he can sit in the pocket and progress through his leads um, accurately, get rid of the ball. I know he didn't play his best game versus Auburn, but when it counted, he did. Right and clutch. That was an amazing performance when you think about it. What he's able to do, bring them back, um, and then into overtime, really, you know, put the game away there. Uh, so I think Bryce Young is definitely the best quarterback Georgia has faced. Uh, but I think the front seven and just the way that Alabama's offensive line is playing right now, I, I think that gives Georgia the edge and be able to kind of stop that. Um, we haven't seen something come up against Georgia that they haven't been able to stop. You know, they played a Tennessee offense um, and we played very well against that. That was that was really strong going into that matchup. I mean, I, I think that's what it stands out to me is just the the way Georgia's going to be able to put pressure on Alabama and their offensive line. Because 108th in the country in sacks allowed, 35. Georgia's second in the country right now with eight allowed. You know, a big part of that, the reason they're able to pass block so well is Jamari Salyer on the outside left tackle. Uh, one of the best left tackles in the country this year, highest graded pass blocking among SEC tackles per PFF. Jamari Salyer's at second at 85. Um, so he's played really well this year, preseason All-American. If he can get back in the game, because he was at the last two games, uh, if he can get back in the game, play well at left tackle. He's been practicing this year. Uh, not this year, sorry, this week. And I, I read a tweet about a former Georgia player um, who was mentioning that he had Salyer, had, uh, I think it was Cedric Van Pran, our center, who said that uh, Salyer is feeling optimistic about playing. He's been taking good snaps, which Kirby Smart always talks about. you got to practice to play. So if they're not practicing, they're probably not going to play. And he's been able to practice this week. So I expect him to go, uh, barring any setbacks. That'll be big against Will Anderson because um, I know Bobcat said hey, he's one of the best, you know, pure pass rushers I've seen. 14 and a half sacks, right, something like that. Um, and his explosion, his, the way he hand fights. Uh, but he's also good in the run, too. Just a great player, uh, and we're really going to need Sire to eat him up and keep Stetson upright. But I think Stetson's ability to run is really the big another big reason for me on top of that Alabama offensive line because that's the you know, that's that's why he is right now on the field leading this Georgia team as a former walk-on guy who stuck it out, been a backup with a healthy JT Daniels on the bench. So Daniels is sitting there right now, fully healthy, ready to go at any time. And he's 7-0 and as a Georgia starter. In his last game, he was nearly perfect. He had like one incompletion in his last time he was on the field before garbage time in the last two games. So, you know, I think that Stetson's ability to run is what separates him apart. Um, his I mean, ability- the last two games y'all played was against Georgia Tech and Charleston Southern. So. 
And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had garbage time there, and it was <laughs> no meaningful snaps. But he was seven. I was a starter in, in pressure situations, um, even with the injuries, especially this year versus Clemson. He was really held back in that game. But Stetson Bennett's ability to run and keep the ball and the read option, RPOs, I think is huge. And once you hit that for you know ten yards, a first down, a critical a critical down, you force the defense to to, to respect that. You do. You can't just let it open because we've seen Setson Bennett keep those against Arkansas, especially Kentucky, especially Auburn. He he kept those a lot and really forced those SEC defenses to uh, put a defender on him to use a defender that gives you a blocker, lose, takes away a defender from the defense. So I think that's what is really important here. I think that's what George is going to be able to do out against Alabama. Um, and that's going to open up the middle of the field for guys like Tarnell, Darnell Washington, Big O, 6'7", Brock Bowers, who's absolutely the best tight end in the country, Mackey Award finalist, people. You have to be scratching your head like we just completely fucked up. Because freshman. definitely the true freshman, the best tight end in the country. The stats show it. The way he performs, show it seventy-seven yards. Casey, we've taken shots at people on the on the show. Shots? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's no shots happening. There's no shots. Mackey Award finalist. Okay, what should be? I'm just saying what he should be. Just my honest opinion. I've, I've had this conversation with JC, so uh, okay. I've I don't disagree with you, JC. I I. I uh, I voted for Bowers, so I don't think anybody disagrees with you. <clears throat> oh no! Yeah, now, no, best tight end in the country, I actually think is Trey McBride. Why? But that's fucking retarded. What? <laughs> that's that's a, that's the hottest take I've heard. Bowers is the best hey, tight end, bar none. You watch a game and you know that's just he's a fr- he's a fr- he's a freshman. He's gonna I, break I, every I, record. I'm not saying that Bowers long term. Thirty seven catches. Seventeen. I'm not saying Bowers is a long term the best best tight end that's playing right now in college football. I, I think Bowers will end up being that guy. Yeah. But if you're asking me who's had the better season, uh. Mc, McBride is. He's playing eighty percent of his snaps in he's line. Playing. I I understand, and you know what? I get that. But he's also had good games against against better competition. He had a decent game against Iowa. And uh, and some of the better Mountain West teams he played really well against, and he's taking eighty percent of his snaps from in line and still putting up, I think nine ninety some catches and almost a thousand yards. How many percentage Bowers inside? Because I bet it's a lot more than you think. I just don't understand how Trey McBride can can make that cut for you when he's got one touchdown. I just want to know why Eric Gilbert got no votes. I can't remember. <laughs> I he can't remember. He's not on the student database. He's on the Georgia football database, but he's not a student. So he can't, if he's not a student, he can't be a football player. I, I can't remember what Bowers slot, and these numbers came from PFF as well. Uh, I can't remember what the uh, slot numbers came, uh, were for Bowers, but uh, McBride had like 20% more of his snaps in line than any other tight end that we were looking at on the Mackey. Yeah, but seventeen point six yards per catch, ten touchdowns. The long touch. Look at the long rushing and and the passing. Look at the the length of the touchdowns. It's just amazing. That means he's dominating. He's not just beating people. Yeah, I I thought he should have been a finalist. I agree. He should win the thing. JC. I was in the middle of a take. Yeah, I got JC. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's get to pass. Take it home. Listen, there's so many stats to talk about. Stu got sidetracked there. With the Mackey people. <laughs> the do- okay, listen. I have to bring up this one. George and Alabama have four common opponents. This is favorite Bob. This is Bobcat's favorite. Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Auburn. Both are 4-0. Collective scores in those games. Georgia, 146-24. Alabama, 149-110. to Average scores in those games. Georgia, 37-6. Alabama, 37-28. I'm not bringing it up you know, to say that this means that Georgia and Alabama versus each other will be the same. What I'm trying to allude to is the dominance that Georgia has showed to those common opponents. Just the, 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 the difference in those numbers is so large. That's why it stands out to me. Not just because if it, if it was a few numbers here and there, I'm like, you know, bull crap. But if it's that big, 
I think that has some merit to it. I think that shows how these teams are playing right now. I, I think Georgia, they're on that roll right now. That's why I'll take the, the six and a half points for Georgia. Um, I think it's a 10 point game. I'm seeing 38 to 20. I am. I think Bryce, I think they get over 17 points. Georgia allows over 17 points for the first time all year to Bryce Young and that, and that Bama offense. He's that good, I think. He's he's the Heisman, I believe. Uh, unlike what Stu said in the, in the first week that he would amount to anything. Uh, but I think he'll win the Heisman this year. And I th But I think Georgia's defense is that good. They allow it to 20, keep them down low, and Georgia really gets the balance going with the run and pass and, you know, puts 18 points up on them. So 38. Wait a minute. i got to defend Stu here. Thank uh, you. Because if, if – all right, so you mentioned that Georgia's going to rush three or four and drop an extra guy. In I said they could. That's a possibility. They could, they, they could. But if you look at the seven sacks that Auburn got last week, just watch it. How many people did they rush on each one of those seven sacks? How many guys did they rush on each one of those? Six. Yeah. It was six. Six no, guys. Georgia's front is completely different than Auburn's. You can't – Well, here, here's oh. the problem. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. It's game, too. Way and different. This is, Georgia it has, is a – Yeah. It's a way – yeah, it's a – it's a way different scheme. It's a guy that coached under Nick Saban for almost two decades in totality, right? He knows that defensive scheme in, in and out, okay? So the, the difference here, though, and I'm going to defend Stu here, is that under pressure, Bryce Young, is if you watch those sacks, he's waiting too long. He's got guys wide open across the middle of the field, and he's not getting past his first read. That's what Stu said week one. That's what everybody said watching practice is that Bryce Young cannot progress past his first read when he's under pressure. If given six seconds to throw the football, Bryce Young is a damn all-star. He really is. He's one of the best quarterbacks you'll ever see. But when Bryce Young is under pressure, just go back and watch those sacks in the Alabama game. Every single one of them, if you'd have thrown it a half second before he was hit, he had three guys wide open downfield. One of them blatantly obvious across the middle of the field, right? And it's, it's nine times out of ten, it's John Mechie. Right. And so it's frustrating. And I, I get it, Stu. It's frustrating from an Alabama fan's perspective to see that Bryce Owens getting all this hype. But in reality, he's just a better passer version of Jalen Hurts. But he gets and, flustered in the pocket. He really and, does. That's his downfall. Great runner. No, I don't know if he's up. Not okay. Well, let's get off the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. We got we got best bets coming up. John, uh, you won that. Bobcat, I hate to say it. In your face, JC. He won. He beat you down. He was absolutely right. Wait, what? You're what? What? Yeah, the what Bryce Young take. Well, that, that helped. Oh, the Bryce Young he, thing. We he completely. He completely knocked you out. Uh, win the Heisman. <laughs> unbelievable. Great victory, Bobcat. Uh, he won what? What did he win? Please explain this to me. We'll get to it after a short break. We're going to come back about. with best bets. And J.C. Shelton's going to break down Noah Vedral and his future possibilities in the Canadian Football League. It's exciting. We'll be back right after this. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. we got Power Sweep coming up going to be releasing that at the end of august and get on board for power sweep at ncsports.com definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com and like i said you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh with Stu and bobcat every week here as well as at north coast sports ncsports.com and we're looking forward to football season. That's what I, want. I don't want to. All right, we're back. Best bets. Uh, let's start off. Bobcat, I hate to do it to you. 22 and 34. 4-9 on your loss. What's my percentage? 350? I didn't do percentages this week. Uh, I would imagine it's about 38 or 39. So I'm batting 390. It's good enough for the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, six and five on your dogs. What do you got? Yeah, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down real quick here. Uh, so <clears throat> we're going to go uh, Western Kentucky. 
Uh, Western Kentucky's given three points uh, to UTSA. I like this game, Western Kentucky 41, UTSA 27. I'm taking them by three. Uh, look, UTSA clipped Western Kentucky 52-46 earlier this year on the road. Uh, I think that, you know, I think Western Kentucky's coming for vengeance. So give me Western Kentucky minus three. I'm going for another uh, another team that's that's given three points. It's Kent State, uh, and similar to the Conference USA title tilt, I think the MAC the MAC champ uh, it it does feature you know another rematch of a high scoring affair. I like Kent State 41, Northern Illinois 31. I like this a 10 point game, but I'm taking them by three, uh, just because I'm not going to reverse line this week. <laughs> <laughs> good, uh, good idea. Yeah, and then I've got a dog. I've got a dog. I've got a dog. Cincinnati, Houston. Cincinnati's laying 10 and a half to Houston. I think this is probably easily the biggest group five, group of five game uh, this weekend. And Cincinnati, you know, they're playing for a college football playoff. Uh, I think they're going to win. I do think they're going to win. Um, however, I think that they're going to be sleeping a little bit on Houston here. And, uh, you know, I've been picking against Cincinnati lately. And... I haven't been victorious the past two times. Uh, they decided to blow teams out, uh, SMU included, uh, and then last week. But uh, yeah, I'm taking uh, Houston plus 10 and a half. Uh, and then I'm going to the Big 12, uh, where I will say it's probably not fun at all to have a college football playoff berth at stake against Dave Aranda. That defense uh, doesn't have elite numbers, but uh, Dave – Coach Aranda has always got something to throw at those opponents. I like Oklahoma State here uh, laying five and a half. I really do like that. I know I led you off with that. I know. I messed you up. I messed you up. Why you look confused? Why you look confused? Let me, let me tell you something. Dave Aranda's got the greatest defense ever. I'm taking Oklahoma Dave, State. I think Dave Aranda's head is in the gutter. I think he's been shopping around for new jobs and then got, finally got that, that new contract. But, uh, no, listen, I think that uh, with uh, – what's his name? Jerry Bohannon. Is that his name? Bohan? Bohan? Yeah, Bohannon. The quarterback? Yeah, he's uh, – doesn't he have an, a leg injury? Yeah. Is he playing this weekend? Hamstring. Yes. Yeah, hamstring, whatever. I think Oklahoma State – fourth-ranked defense. I really am looking forward to Oklahoma State-Georgia. I hope we can make that happen. I think that'll be a really good game. Uh, and I think they're going to silence any hopes of an upset, especially if uh, Jerry's not available for the for the championship game. I like Oklahoma State here, 26, Baylor 13. And then I've got my dog of the week. Uh, I'm taking the Wake Forest money line here. I think uh, while Big Ten championship game figures to be this low-scoring, just bloodbath uh, up there with Michigan football. I think that Pitt and Wake Forest are going to break the entire scoreboard. Uh, neither team is contending for a playoff berth, so the stakes are virtually nothing, non-existent. I think they're playing for maybe a New Year's Eve or New Year's Six Day game, whatever, uh, in the Orange Bowl. Uh, but I think this is going to be the most enter entertaining championship game uh, this Saturday. Uh, Pitt's played a little defense this season, you know, allowing 23.3 points a game. Uh, Wake Forest has given up 36 and a half points a game. Uh, you know, I like Wake Forest here. I got to go with my gut here. Wake Forest 45, Pitt 38. Uh, and that's the card. Take the money line. Wake Forest money line. All righty. JC, you're up next. Uh, 37, 22 and two. Uh, it's impressive. You're, you're leading easily. Uh, although there is somebody that's on your heels, nipping at him. It's not cheap, dude. Uh, yeah, well, you don't know that yet. 12 and 6 on the locks, 13, 6 and 1 on your dogs. What do you like this week, JC? Okay, so OK State and Baylor is interesting to me uh, because I like both teams. I think Baylor and OK State have played well in pressure situations this year. Uh, I think both defensive are scrappy. I think the OK State's defense, like Bobcat said, fourth in the country, they're legit. That would be a cool game, Georgia, Oklahoma State. I'm with you there. That God. Sign me up. Sign yeah. me up. You and cool. me in Miami. Sign us up for it. You and me, Miami. If OK State, yeah, let's do it. If, if, if OK State had like switched oranges with Tennessee, I would like Tennessee better. I think I've decided. 
um because i like okay state's orange but i think the baylor bears keep it within three points i think it's a three-point game championship game um it's going to be a hard fall i think both defenses show up um so give me baylor there to keep it within three and then and that's that's i think Stu. yeah that's my dog yep obviously dog houston plus ten and a half i like what bobcat is thinking here i think houston championship game houston's no slouch i think houston's a good team i think they're going to give cincinnati a good game i know cincinnati's blowing out the last two eastern carolina come on don't give me that give me houston here to cover ten and a half uh, that's my other dog and another dog for you guys um you know i talked to chris earlier about this we talked michigan and iowa here in the big 10. Um, i know michigan's i think both teams are going to be kind of riding high a bit i think iowa because coming off that big comeback versus Nebraska, and it's really kind of boosts their spirits. And then you look at Michigan, and they're number two in the country all of a sudden. You know, I'm sorry, Stu. They're number two in the country. And, you know, their playoff destiny is right in front of them. They just win this game they're in. So I think it's a big change from where they were. The underdogs were still Ohio State. Ohio State looked to be the team in. And Michigan just turned their fortunes around with a good win. So I think both teams are going to be playing up for this. That's why I think Iowa is going to use their run game and really try to pound it on Michigan. And Michigan's going to kind of do the same to them. Um, if if Michigan could get the pass going downfield, that might change things and open it up a little bit more. But I think it's a seven-point game at least. Iowa's going to play good against Michigan. And then here's your lock. I like Pitt versus Wake Forest here. I think Pickett is playing for the Heisman. I think he's leading the fan vote right now on the Heisman, um, according to ESPN. And so I think they're going to give it to Wake. I really do. I think it's a 10-point game here or more. Uh, Wake's defense has just been so I, – I, I had them a couple of times and got up and really pissed at them uh, because they were able to keep up with games, you know, until the last part, UNC really sticking into my head here, where they come in and just cannot defend anything in the last few minutes when it counts. Uh, give me Pittsburgh. And then Georgia, Bama, we talked about this one. This is your lock. This is Georgia minus six and a half. Um, yeah, I, we already talked about that one, so I won't explain. But those are the picks. Did you tell right. your fans that you're coming to Miami with me? Yeah, so me and Bobcat. Bobcat has been so gracious. Um, he really has. He's a great guy. You know, I, he sounds kind of pissy tonight, I know, guys, but. Oh, yeah, he Bobcat's was. Bobcat's standing in very beautiful, beautiful head, just like kind of Stu. Those guys are in the head game. I we could tell a story for the pod real quick. Yeah, what now? Nah, we're gonna it. hold that one back. <laughs> what what happens wanna, in Africa stays in Africa. You All wanna right. you wanna tell the story, Stu? I'll no, Chris Van Dyne, yep. Mr. Wednesday night, 39, 28, and three on the year, 12 and two on your locks, seven, seven, and one on your dogs, CBD. I know we talked all these games. What do you like? Uh, I'm going to start with Western Kentucky. I've been on the toppers all year. I'm not going to lay off it, and I will take the over. Uh, <clears throat> I, I I think it will be a high-scoring game, just like the last time. Uh, it was 52-46 last time in Western Kentucky. Just <laughs> that, that offense, zappy, 570 pass yards. The first time against UTSA. UTSA has shown some issues on defense. I went against UTSA last week because I thought that uh, they would uh, have a letdown spot against North Texas. Also bet that game on the money line, which uh, worked out very well for me. North Texas won very easily. Never really had to sweat that one. And, uh, yeah, so I like Western Kentucky and the over. You guys are killing me right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Pitt. Uh, it's our top power sweep play. I think the Panthers have the better defense. And I think they're a little more explosive on offense, too. Uh, I, I need a Bonaconda to play. We talked about that earlier. Uh, my dog of the week, and, you know, I'm going back and forth because I'll be honest, I don't love the underdogs this week. Um, it's actually going to disagree with one of the power sweep plays, but I do like Iowa this week. Um, not one of my favorite plays, but since I'm struggling with dogs, this is the one I'll take. Uh, I will take Iowa getting the points against a Michigan team off a big win in a game that's going to be low possessions. Oh, believe me, they're still talking about the same win. 
Uh, and I like App State this week in a revenge game. They will get their revenge against Louisiana, who embarrassed them the first time around. This is a better App State team than they showed that day, and they're out to prove it. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the uh, the Mountaineers. Is Napier coaching, or is he just he's coaching? Gone? He's coaching, which I will admit that does worry me a little bit because they seem to be saying all the right things and uh, uh, being supportive of him. I mean, he, he needs to coach because, I mean, half the team at Louisiana that's uh, underclassmen could transfer to Florida and play with him in week one next year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of they the have no game. talent in Florida. There's none left. Stu, can I give a CFB update real quick, buddy? Yeah, go for it. So you got Marcus Freeman's in line to take the spot at Notre Dame. So your playoff contenders possibly might have their D.C. as the head coach at Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman. He's a phenomenal coach. Uh, I mean, it's super he smart. He is a great coordinator. Great, great coordinator. Great recruiter, How, too. Yeah. However, if Notre Dame makes a playoff spot uh, after losing to Cincinnati and after getting drubbed every single year they've been in the playoff, I'll be upset. Oklahoma, Oklahoma so, State. No, they got, they got the Spartans. They got Bob the Spartans Cat. coming up. Mr. Bobcat and Mr. Bob, I agree with you so much. Yeah, I don't want to see Notre Dame anymore. I was telling somebody the way Notre Dame gets in is Cincinnati. Cincinnati would have to lose. Oklahoma State would have to lose. Bama would have to lose. It would be a lot to have to happen to get Notre Dame. Look, Notre Dame's playing Michigan Michigan State. It's already been foretold. Do y'all remember 2011 when Alabama lost the game of the century to LSU, and then that the championship weekend, like several things had to happen. And I yeah. think it was like Iowa State beat Oklahoma, Iowa beat whoever. Like all all this crazy shit happened, and Alabama makes it into the BCS title game to beat LSU. So don't say it couldn't happen. I'm it not saying it happen. couldn't. I just don't think it will. I, I, it might. It's been ten years. It's the ten year anniversary of crazy shit. It might happen. I should have done more research. The the shit that happened. Baylor RG three one, I mean all the crazy shit that happened in 2011 was wild. JC, I know you were like in fourth grade, but no, I completely remember that. I've been watching football every Saturday since I was five. Okay, I remember a good bit. I also remember how BS that Robert Griffin the third Heisman was, because I think a certain Alabama running back was much much better that season. His name rhymed with Richardson. Trent Richardson, worst NFL running back ever, but yeah. <laughs> His season that Robert Griffin stole the Heisman from him, a beast, absolute beast. He was a beast that sidestep on Ole Miss. Oh my CBD. god! Sorry, sorry to get interrupt the uh, Trent Richardson love fest here. It's a nasty juke uh, his though. Thighs, I'm just big. That's everything for Saquon me. Thighs. Uh-huh. Saquon right. thighs. Saquon thighs. Okay. Well, uh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm third place. Uh, five games above 500, 62, 57, and one. I'm going to keep firing, though. I don't care. Uh, nine and 10 on locks, nine, eight, and one on the dogs. We're going to keep firing. Um, I got three locks this week. Give me the ACC. Give me the MAC. Give me uh, Conference USA. Give me all those overs. Give me all the overs. I want all the overs. Uh, Give me UGA, Uga. Give me them minus six and a half. Uh, dog of the week is going to be the Raging Cajuns because Napier's staying and because I have a shit ton of money on App State. So I'll probably get fucked. Give me the Raging Cajuns. Uh, and then my lock of the week, I'm going to go with the fighting our doozies. Uh, give me, give me uh, Pitt. And I think that makes it a, a clean sweep. Oh, no, no. Everybody, Bobcat took Wake. So that's at literally, that might be the strongest lock of the year that we've had as a show. Absolutely 100% take uh, Pitt. They will win, um, which is sad because I'm a Deacons fan. Um, I couldn't take them. Uh, I, I can't take them, Stu, just because you went there. Uh, you enjoyed your time. My brother goes to school there. That's why I'm riding Wake Forest, money line or die. Just literally, folks, just just oh, empty the bank account on Pitt. 
That is absolutely going to hit now. I would probably fade me, yeah, because my decision is not based on. Yeah, that. your 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 choices have been. Horrific. No, I know. Th- no, my Wake Forest play is not football based at all. J.C. Shelton, any news on Freddie Freeman? I do have news, uh, college basketball news, guys. I'm sorry, we're all sports fans here. Um, number 18, Memphis is down. I'm just kidding. They're up. I wish they were down by two in Athens at Georgia. Two and five, Georgia. Georgia basketball is painful to watch. How you're sitting through that right now is beyond Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, it's horrific. The riders, the Georgia riders is the crazy thing. Act like it's just, oh, it's basketball. Tom Crean says this shit. Mike, let's have some fucking gall about this. Let's make our Did y'all have Anthony Edwards like two minutes ago? Yes. Ant-Man is absolutely ridiculous in in the NBA. He just took a man's life he, and he thing. could only oh, muster georgia to get like what like three games below 500 wins. yeah dude that was the best team to date and then everybody transferred out severe wheeler's playing for kentucky one of the best point guards in the country yeah that's crazy that dude. that move was crazy well, well look more college basketball coming at you friday maybe jc will stop by he'll do some friday work eric haslam coming up boys thank you uh, for Chris Van Dyne of NC Sports, for J.C. Shelton from the UGA Wire. Wait, you got to tell me what to happen about Bobcat winning. What is this? What did he win? What did I lost? I need no, no, that. he was he just won the argument. What did I oh, lost? Based on what? what did I lost? He, has to well, be a vote. he lost Certainly, grammar. <laughs> yes, grammar. That that Georgia education. Bobcat. Somebody pays this guy to write, and he said, "What did I lost?" Grammar? What is grammar's written word? What are you talking about? What did I lost? All right, next week, Nelly with Country Grammar. He'll be on. Bobcat, uh, congratulations on a great week of pecs. And thank you for finally showing up to a show. It's been too long. Well, Stu, let me get one more thing in before you uh, scoreboard. Let's, Let's talk about how Stu and I in Africa. All right, we'll see you next.